What is going on, everyone? Welcome to episode 16 of Big Fly Pod with your co-host Christian Myers and myself, Ty Lewin. We're going to get into all things baseball from the standpoint of reviewing the NL East now, starting with the Braves and the Mets, rolling into recapping the rosters that were announced here today. Uh, Thursday, February 9th, regarding all the W uh, World Baseball Classic teams and who has officially joined their squads for the upcoming Classic on March 8th. And we're also going to do a segment quickly on just a little review of the college baseball landscape and what it's looking like as we start here, believe in almost is nine to 10 days at this point of when we're going to be looking to see baseball college baseball back on our tvs but before we get into all things baseball let's check in with our co-host christian christian what's up dude dude what is happening excited to be here for episode 16 and ready to get it rolling in the nl east let's get it rolling dude all right let's start there nl east absolute battle towards the end last year with the braves coming on our top win everyone thought that the mets had the division in their hands all the way to the end and fell short. And of course, didn't really have too much momentum going into the playoffs, but just looking at the Mets and you look at where they are going as an organization from all the things that Steve Cohen has done this off season, we're going to go through their lineups and projected starting rotation, just like we've done with the other divisions as well. Looking across the outfield, Brandon Nimmo in center, Starling Marte in right, and Mark Canna over in left going around the infield. You got Francisco Lindor at short, Pete Alonso at first, Jeff McNeil at second base, and Eduardo Escobar. Potentially some other names we'll see here this year in those positions as well. Danny Vogelbach, the Italian stallion in the DH spot. And Omar Navarez, uh rounding it out there behind the backstop. Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer, Carlos Carrasco, Jose Quintana, and Kodai Senga. Three new names that we'll see here with the Mets starting rotation going into the 2023 season. Looking at this lineup, looking at this rotation, Christian, all the hype around it, your actual thoughts on this lineup and this starting rotation, how it plays here in 2023. Well, the starting rotation, I don't think you can really argue with anything about how good that's going to be. I mean, it's super top-heavy, of course, when you have two likely Cy Young candidates leading it out for you in Verlander and Scherzer. And I think that the other three guys that they have on the back end of it are not guys that you're going to be too worried about losing many games for you. Now, obviously – Senga coming over from Japan is a bit of a wild card because who knows how that's going to transition into the States, but it is a very solid rotation. And I don't know that you could point out very many flaws there, except for maybe the age on the top two. But as we've seen from those guys, it hasn't really affected them in recent years past. And then looking at their lineup, I think it's very strong. Of course, you know, they lost, lost Correa. If, you know, if you consider that they had him at any point. But I think they've got enough guys in there that make up for it. And, you know, at third base and at catcher, I know you mentioned Escobar and Narvaez, but I would absolutely expect to see a lot of Brett Beatty and then a lot of Francisco Alvarez back there as well, who have been two of their most highly touted prospects over the last couple of years. And I think Beatty obviously really benefits from 
the no deal with Correa. Staying in the realm of prospects, besides those two highly touted studs that are going to be seeing a lot of big league time this year, what other guys are we looking at to see potentially an impact here in 2023 or just in the general uh, years to come for the Mets? Yeah, well, I think that they don't have too many prospects left that are going to make immediate impacts this year just because of a lot of the moves that they've made in the past, notably the Baez trade with Chicago when they sent away a few of their higher prospects. But a guy that I look at for the future on the pitching side of things is Blade Tidwell, who I think could become a guy that plays big in their bullpen somewhere. Uh, He's an SEC guy who was drafted a few years ago and has some zip on his fastball. I mean, mid to upper nines, uh, pretty good pretty good secondary pitches as well um, that he he's very effective with. And I think that they, they being the Mets are going to have to kind of boost that bullpen at some point, whether it be later this year or next year. And I think with Tidwell, you're probably looking to more see him down the stretch. And the same thing goes for a catching prospect from the Mets that I love is Kevin Parada. I remember watching him a couple times when he was in high school in California and then went to Georgia tech for college. And we've seen in recent years, Joey Bart being a notable name on one is a high, high draft pick catcher who hasn't necessarily come to form yet in the big leagues, but I think Parada will kind of rewrite that script. And what's interesting with him is him and Alvarez are the same age but obviously Alvarez has been in the system longer as Parada only got drafted a couple of years ago. But I think once Parada gets up, whether he stays at catcher or they move him into an infield slot somewhere, if that's even possible with him, will be interesting for them. And I think he's going to be a big name to watch in that Mets system coming through the next few years. Excellent. Let's flip it over to the Atlanta Braves, the former NL East champs former uh world series champs just two years ago fully stacked lineup a lot of guys now signed for the future which has been really the motto of the braves uh here the last couple of years you know rounding out across the outfield ronald acuna jr michael harris now manning center field eddie rosario eddie rosario excuse me over in left field Round the infield, Austin Riley at third base at short Fawn Grissom taking over for Dansby Swanson, who now uh, Chicago Cubs shortstop. Ozzy Albies over at second base. Matt Olson over at first base. Now the new backstop, Sean Murphy, manning the rotation here this year, and along with at the DH position, Marcel Ozuna. Looking at the starting rotation, my ex-free Kyle Wright, Charlie Morton, Spencer Strider, and... Formerly injured, now back, Mike Soroka. Looking at this rotation, looking at this lineup, Christian, who are you taking? Mets or Braves? If we're looking at these two teams right now as the premier teams, I know we have the Phillies still yet to review next week, but if you're looking at either of these teams, who's going to come out on top in reference to the standings? Either they taking over the standings and winning the NL East or potentially just being a higher seed than the other team. Yeah, I, I think I have to... I think I have to go with Atlanta. I think that while the Mets probably win the rotation, I think Atlanta's lineup's just too dangerous with everything that they have there and all these pieces that they have and that they've locked up for so many years. I mean, they're going to be 
they're going to be good for all the years to come, but especially this year coming into it. I mean, when you look at the depth there, you know, Travis Darno, who was an all-star last year, I'm pretty sure, is now looking to be your backup catcher. And just having a dual battery system back there is going to be really great for them throughout the season. And then all the other guys that they have in the lineup too is it, it's just too tough to beat, I think, with how good it could be. You know, I think we might see the MVP come off this Braves team, and that's for an episode probably next month. But even losing Dansby Swanson, you inherit Von Grissom, who is just a very talented young player that I think is going to be able to fill that role for them quickly. And so for that reason, just because of the consistency in the lineup, I think I'd lean more Braves. Great pick. I would go with the same. Well, folks, that rounds out our NL East. But actually, I almost just ended our session way too quick. My bad. Prospects. Prospects, prospects, which <laughs> they've signed every single one. But let's say you got one guy in the farm system right now that is sort of on your radar or that should be on everyone's radar. Who is that? Yeah, I mean, like you said, it's tough to pick one from the Braves just because everybody that they have in that lineup is going to be there for so long. So I'm just going to stick with one pitching prospect that I think could make an impact at some point. And that's Spencer Schwellenbach, who is a reliever out of the University of Nebraska. He actually didn't pitch until I think his junior year. Um, but when he did pitch, he ended up winning the John Olerud Award, which is the two-way award for college baseball. And if there is any flaw in that brave system right now, I think it's going to be in the bullpen. And with him being a true reliever, I think at some point in the next couple of years, in the midst of all these signings and everything, I think that's a guy who's going to come up for them and kind of turn some heads once he gets up into the big league level. Beautiful. Beautiful. Let's roll in the roll baseball classic. March 8th is the start of this incredible tournament that we are all just so excited for with a bunch of different stars while some have dropped off due to, you know, whether that being health concerns, family, the team doesn't necessarily want to see their guys go into this classic. We're still going to see tremendous talent across the board. Um, starting with the U.S., you start just a couple of the players that we see, which a lot of these rosters were projected, but finalized here today. Just across the uh, position players-wise, Pete Alonso, Tim Anderson, Nolan Arenado, Mookie Betts, Paul Goldschmidt, Kyle Iggy. I always forget this guy's name. Is it Higa 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 Shioka? Thank you, Jeff McNeil, Cedric Mullins, J.T. Realmuto, Kyle Schwarber, Will Smith, Mike Trout, Kyle Tucker, Trey Turner, and Bobby Witt Jr. On the pitching staff side, Logan Webb is off the roster. That was kind of a sudden surprise that everybody saw. But uh, just the notable names, Clayton Kershaw, Lance Lynn, uh, Devin Williams, Adam Wainwright, Brady Singer, Ryan Presley, Nick Martinez, Miles Mikolas, excuse me, definitely a star-studded rotation and lineup for the United States. Just looking at the other notable teams, uh, Team Canada came out with some notable players as well. Guys like Owen Caskey, Owen Cassie. Um, I believe I saw Freddie Freeman on there as well. Looking at the Dominican Republic, 
Um, you have guys like Brian Abreu from the Astros, Luis Garcia, uh, Yaime Garcia, uh, Gregory Soto, some wonderful names there. And of course, uh, Sandy Alcantara, still a stud lineup. And of course, rounding out their position players, Robinson, uh, Robinson Cano, Manny Machado, Kettle Marte, Jeremy Pena, Julio Rodriguez, Gene Segura, Juan Soto. Then the list and list goes on and on and on. Of course, other names just across the board. Ronald Acuna Jr. was announced to Venezuela, along with Jose Altuve, Luis Orias. And so one other team, but I think that people really need to keep an eye out for is Japan. You Darvish named that roster as well. Yuki Matsue. I always forget these names and screw them up, but overall across the board, when you're just looking at all these teams, Christian, you just see so much talent. You see a lot of guys that are potentially in the going to be seen big league time this year or in the future. Um, I mean, just off the board there, are you seeing the U.S. being almost too big of a favorite now with the Dominican Republic losing so many guys? Or could we see potentially a team kind of come out of nowhere that can really uh, either out of nowhere or one of the premier teams that you think can dethrone the United States? Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of I think it's kind of ours to lose at this point. I think just all around we have the most star studded lineup and it, you know, it's going to be tough to beat for sure. If I had to pick a team that I think might kind of surprise some people and come in, I'm going to have to go with the Cuban squad because I think that that team's lined out pretty well. And, you know, obviously they have a lot of guys that play in there in the Cuban league who haven't defected up to the States yet. And, you know, I don't, I don't know anything about, really anybody off that team that's not on this side of the pond but i'm gonna go with cuba as the sleeper i love it i love it (laughs) i really really do yeah and you know what sleeper for me i'm going japan and i i just think based on the sole fact they got shohei and some of these other guys that you know can make an impact uh but yeah it's tough at this point because when you saw the dominican lineup about two months ago with what they were going to have in the rotation and on in their lineups i i actually had the initial reaction i thought all these players are already in and just to see a lot of these guys drop off is pretty disappointing but again at the end of the day it's a super exciting tournament we saw the energy it brought a few years back um you know in san diego and and uh, in L.A. and just those environments and what those fans really, really love for the game of baseball. Excited to see how this all comes together uh, coming up here on March 8th. Uh, Christian, I'll turn it over to you for college baseball. Yeah, so it is time now to run with our college baseball segment. As Ty said at the head of the podcast, it's coming back here um, next week, I think. So it's super exciting. You know, we... Obviously, when the draft rolls around, you see a lot of really, really talented players going straight from high school into the pro ball ranks. But those that don't and end up going to college uh, just make the landscape so great. And one of the best things I think about college baseball is just how widespread that talent is. And, you know, unlike basketball and football, you go to some of those smaller schools and you start seeing some guys that are really, really good players. So, Ty, I'm going to turn it over to you here and 
take us through quick review top 25 who are the teams to watch and who do you think has the best odds this year to make a run all the way through Omaha and win the college world series yeah this is just incredible baseball that we're going to see this year as we saw a couple of years ago with covid adding additional years on for so many players that still seems to be lingering around college baseball was very heavy last year with having a lot of older talent that we're looking to get that experience. And with the draft being sort of shortened with the amount of rounds that were happening. And so you're, you're starting to see it kind of dwindle away a little bit, but now that the transfer portal has become what it is, especially in college football, Folks, that's the same that's happened here in college baseball as well. Starting out from the top, LSU is the premier talent. They brought in uh, a lot of talent through the transfer portal. And then also, too, they brought in quite a few freshmen that are going to make an impact as well. From LSU standpoint, Tommy White, who took over the country by storm last year, uh, the transfer from NC State had made the decision to come after uh, come to LSU after the season was over. Dylan Cruz, who's a top prospect, likely uh, a top five pick. He's with the squad, of course, still this year, along with Trey Morgan. You're also going to see some other names on there as well. A guy by the name of Paul Skennis, who came from Air Force. This is a kid who was a two-way guy that uh, had a very, very successful year last year and decided to make the move to LSU, and so we're excited to see what he can do. Looking at the other teams, Tennessee, which was one of the most electric teams last year in all of baseball that brought that swagger and brought that intimidation, especially playing in their home stadium where many thought that they would make an easy run to the World Series. 57 wins last year, unfortunately had lost in the Super Regional Game 3 against Notre Dame. Excited to see this year, can they turn that around? They lost a lot of talent, but they added a lot of talent as well, just like LSU through the transfer portal. So we're interested to see how they do there. Stanford is that premier talent that, from an offensive standpoint, should absolutely dominate the Pac-12 this year uh, with with guys like some names of Tommy Troy, Drew Bowser, Brady Montgomery, a two-way guy as well, along with Quinn Matthews leading the pitching staff. Rolling out just some other teams that people should keep an eye on, especially this year. Ole Miss, again, while obviously last year they win the World Series, they unfortunately lose guys like Justin Bench, Tim Elko, a legend there at Ole Miss, Kevin Graham, a lefty stud that they all went on to get drafted and move on to their pro careers. They saw some transfers as well come in, guys like Anthony Calarco uh, and Ethan uh, Grox out of Tulane. So you're starting to see, though, that just around this conversation we're having so far, these teams are at, are able to load up a lot easier and not having to go so far in their youth talent. Ole Miss, though, will have to rely a lot in regards to pitching for next year from the younger group. Uh, Hunter Elliott was their left-handed pitcher from last year who returned. He was their College World Series hero. So that is another team that can obviously make a run, especially with having some of their other guys that are still with the squad, like Shotney and um, Jacob Gonzalez, a top prospect over there at shortstop as well. Across the board, when we actually look at the best odds to win the World Series, I'm seeing a lot of 
different people or different uh, websites and groups predicting Wake Forest to actually be your best bet for your money right now. Looks like they're around plus 1900 to win the World Series. And they have a lot of talent regarding from their pitching staff um, with a uh, with with their three man rotation being led by the reigning ACC pitcher of the year in Rhett Louder, uh, along with having some offensive talent as well. And they have just seemed to become a team out of nowhere that last year wasn't ranked to now being uh, ranked sixth or in the top 10 on most of the rankings. So overall Christian, just from looking at a lot of these teams, I think wake forest or Tennessee right now are your best bet, uh, best odds to, to pick to win the world series. Yeah, those are those are both, I think, good picks as well. Um, I'm just going to throw a team out in Stanford, who I know you talked about. I think they've got a super solid squad. And, um, you know, another guy, Carter Graham, who's coming back as the Pac-12 home runs leader. I mean, it, it's a really, really tough team up there in Palo Alto. And I think we could see Stanford go deep. And, Ty, you know, I know you mentioned a couple players that are just running through the top six, but – is there any other players around the country that you think are noteworthy for people to keep an eye on as we go through this college baseball season? Yeah, I'll pick uh, two hitters, one of them being a, a very just fun, uh, exciting player to to watch this year. and has a little bit of a cool story, but I'm going to go over one hitter, one pitcher for sure that's going to make a major impact. Uh, and then we're going to talk about that other talent as well. But Wyatt Langsford, talking from the talking about from the hitting standpoint, outfielder out of Florida, a guy two years ago that really didn't see a lot of time, wasn't necessarily one of the um, top players on the team. And then last year, Florida really saw uh, a lot of struggles at the beginning of the year, and they had to make some changes. And this kid took the opportunity and took it by storm. He had 26 home runs, 355 average with a 719 slugging. He ended up being a first-team All-American in 2022. This kid has a very, very compact swing that'll play at the big league level. But when you're talking about from the college level, with the way that he swings and the way that he he approaches the game from 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 a hitting standpoint, it's looking like he's going to have even a more dominant year this year based on the fact that he was able to build that confidence throughout the year since he wasn't really getting a lot of playing time right at the beginning of the season. Now he's able to bring that into this year. And I think it's really going to play. I think it's a guy we should watch out for to have over 30 home runs from the pitching side of things. I got Carter Holton, the Vandy left-handed pitcher. He was a freshman last year. Uh, He was eight and four with a 3.14 ERA and he had two complete games as a freshman, which is pretty unheard of. Um, And he was unanimous freshman All-American. Lefty pitcher that a lot of people say he pitches like he's playing. He's pitching in the 1970s. Uh, it's just very cool to watch a young kid who came in last year, had so much confidence on the mound with not necessarily not necessarily dominating stuff, 98 to 100 type fastball. He just went out there from you know 92 to 94 with an outstanding changeup uh, and being able to pitch, which I think at the end of the day, you look at other guys like Jordan Wicks or some of these other pitchers that are able to make it to the big leagues or or, are likely going to make it to the big leagues or are in the big leagues right now where they've learned how to pitch at a younger level and they're able to keep that throughout their future. And I think that's really going to play this year for Vandy. Finally, the one guy that everyone, please, please, please watch this guy Friday, Saturday, Sunday nights out there in Ole Miss, Tywone Malone. Uh, He is an Ole Miss uh, D tackle. 
Um, but he is, he is going to be, uh, finding some, hopefully finding a lot of time at the plate this year. Uh, he had only, only hit in like seven games last year, had two, two bombs. Um, uh, but he's a six, four, 300 pound D tackle, and he's going to step in the box a lot this year for Ole Miss. And I saw the other day that he had, I think three home runs. And I think Christian, you and I talked about the other day over 400 feet, I believe for two of them. And uh, if you don't know what this guy looks like, just look him up online or go on to Ole Miss social media page. It, this kid's a special, special player, and I'm really excited to see what he can do. Um, rounding out the top prospects for 2023 from the college standpoint, Dylan Cruz, LSU outfielder. He's going to be a premier part of that team. Chase Dolander from Tennessee, the top of the rotation kind of guy. Wyatt Langsford, as we mentioned. Paul Skennis, LSU, as we mentioned before. Jacob Gonzalez, Enrique Bradfield out of Vandy. Jacob Wilson out of Grand Canyon, a very, very talented shortstop. And uh, Hurston Waldrip out of Florida, right-handed pitcher. And so that's, I would say, my list of players to watch this year. Yeah, that's a good analysis and a good list. And yeah, big Taiwan Malone fan as well. So I like that. And then now if you had to run through each of the power five conferences, so ACC, Big Ten, Big 12, Pac-12, SEC, give me your picks for your conference winners from those five, and then give me one mid-major Cinderella team that you think could go deep into the postseason. Yeah, no, for for rounding out the power five, uh, SEC wise, I'm going Tennessee. I think that LSU has a lot of hype around them. And I think it's very difficult to take all that talent in and make it work the first year. Uh, especially when you have, um, Tennessee breathing down your neck and it's a lot of pissed off players. And when you have a three man rotation with, uh, Dolander Burns and beam that can all potentially throw a complete game shutout, when LSU does not have that three-man rotation this year that has that ability to do that, I'm going to look at Tennessee as being the SEC uh, champions this year, and I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can bring. Uh, a lot of transfers, but still a team that is going to come in with a lot of motivation to get back to Omaha. ACC-wise, I'm going to go with Wake Forest, um, not just because they got a great odds to win the College World Series, um, but Wake Forest just has that three-man rotation like we talked about earlier. Rhett Lauder is the real deal, everyone, and I think it's somebody that you should watch out for this year. Big 12-wise, I'm going Oklahoma State, um, led by transfer Juwan. I'm going to screw up his name, Juwan Watts-Brown, who came from Long Beach State. He posted 111 Ks and 73 innings with a 3.78 ERA last year for the Dirtbags of Long Beach State. I know TCU is probably the t- the the top favorite right now, but I think that Oklahoma State has a little bit more behind them that I think they can pull it out this year. Um, uh, what else am I missing? Pac-12, I'm going with Stanford, as we talked about earlier. I don't see a team even taking them down. Um, potentially even within, uh, college, you know, college baseball, uh, they're, they're, a, they're a premier talent, uh, from that offensive standpoint, uh, Christian, I know you mentioned a couple of their guys earlier, uh, but looking at that premier offense with Carter Graham, Tommy Troy, Drew Bowser, uh, Braden Montgomery, who is just freak athlete that throws a hundred mile per hour fastball, but can also play the infield and has the ability to hit the ball out of the ballpark at any time. I think that's a team that really could 
uh, take down any of the other, uh, any of the other teams that we're bringing up here. Finally, uh, on the Big Ten side of things, I know that a lot of people don't look at the Big Ten as that premier baseball uh, conference right now, as you know, the likes of SEC baseball. But Maryland is a really, really good baseball team. Um, they have a two or one-two punch with their pitching rotation and Nick Dean and Jason Savakel, who. Last year, Dean posted a six six and two record, and uh, Savakal ended the year at eight and three with a two point nine three ERA, which is just incredibly impressive in the the likes of baseball. They also have this catcher by the name of Luke Schilger, Uh, (laughs) outstanding twenty twenty two campaign with a three fifty three average, four ninety five on base, six oh two slugging. Uh, with that slash line, I think that's going to play here again this year. So Maryland returned a lot of their top guys. Uh, people are saying Iowa as well, but when you're talking about a team that when you look at their stats uh, from the pitching side of things, that's going to play in the big 10, especially with the weather that they deal with. Um, they're going to pitching at the end of the day is what's going to win. And I think that's, what's going to do it. So I would say those are my five teams. Um, and then the other team from like a mid-major standpoint, I guess you could say UConn. I would say UConn is definitely a team that I would look out for this year. That can be uh, a team that can, you know, make a severe, you know, major, major uh, impact, especially in the postseason. Um, but Christian, anybody from you that you think that can uh, potentially take that over? Um, as far as a like a mid-major team that could be a Cinderella here in the as we go through the stretch, um, I really like Grand Canyon, and I think that they've been building a pretty good program. I know their coach just left either last year or the year before Andy Stankowitz, who was there for a really long time. He ended up taking the USC job, and I don't remember who took over for him at GCU, but what Stank was building down there was. a a really good program that had just come up to the division one level, like five, maybe seven years ago, actually. I had to think about how long it's been since we've been in college, but yeah, about seven years ago, they came up and he's just been doing, I mean, that program's just been building and building. They've got tremendous facilities down there in the heart of Phoenix. And I think that we could see them kind of make a push um, to kind of be that upset team that comes out of the regional and a super regional potentially. Love that. Love that. Well, folks, I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, we're really excited to expand in this world of college baseball. Uh, and we're really finding this to be another just fantastic time for the overall game of baseball as we move into the World Baseball Classic. That's going to be a great kickstart to the 2023 season. Uh, And spring training is uh, not too far around the corner. So baseball starting back up. We couldn't be more excited. We were kind of sick of seeing all these uh, boring moves here over the last couple of weeks. So it's going to be awesome to to get this thing going again. So uh, Christian, anything else to add here before we sign off? Yeah, hey, enjoy the Super Bowl this weekend. Um, going to be an exciting one and yeah, we'll come at you guys again next week. Awesome. All right. Thanks everyone for tuning in and we'll talk to you soon.